I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Yeah, yeah, it's James Hunt. It's Gorilla One, Rebel Radio. Let's go. Fuck you, Josh. Perfect. <laughs> What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. Yo, what's up? It's Rebel Radio. We're back with our Artwork Rebel series in partnership with Gorilla One. Big shout out to Eddie from Gorilla One for bringing through our guest today, James Haunt. Really talented young artist, uh, kind of blending graffiti with like an 80s graphics vibe. I really like this guy's art and I love the stories that he comes in to tell us uh, about some little trouble with the police back in the day, some time in jail and actually running into a bit of police brutality which sort of turned a corner for his life and his career and uh, led him to build a, a successful streetwear and t-shirt business and then now doing work with, with corporate brands like Red Bull, Porsche, that kind of thing. He's gonna give us some great lessons from his journey, um, how he makes sure he's easy to work with and some insight into how he knows when to say no. Good stuff from James Hunt coming up right after our EDM.com track of the week.
Yes, that was Young Jalapeno with a track called Marty, our EDM.com track of the week. If you like that one, check out soundcloud.com slash trap for more just like it. And check out our interview now with James Hunt. Yeah, yeah this is fresh, right? This is, no, it's all right. This is all brand new, man. They just, yeah, we're good. Thanks, bro. Uh, yeah, we were in uh, we were in the garage until now we're we're official. This is rad. Step it up. Sorry, I drank way too much coffee this morning, so no you worries. You guys are gonna stuff you through that. Like is that right? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> so are we uh, are we starting? Uh, yeah, let's start it off. Cool. All right. Thanks for being here, man. I appreciate it. I I'm not that familiar with uh, your art until Eddie put me up on it, and that's why I love doing this with Eddie because he shows me stuff that you know that's new to me. But I love, dude, the stuff you're doing is, you're killing it. Thank you, man. No, thanks for having me. I'm uh, happy to be here. So how do you guys know each other? I know Eddie through, uh, I mean, just mutual friends. A lot of seventh the, letter. A lot of the Seventh Letter guys. Okay. Um, and being super close with Eclipse from Seventh Letter. Yeah. Uh, kind of int- introduced him. Uh, yeah, I can't remember how I first got put on to you. Where was it? It, I want, it, was, it was a while back ago, man. I was, I was pretty young then. So, uh, but yeah, Clips, I believe, introduced us. Yeah, probably at a show at Known or something. I think so, something like that. And I was immediately fascinated with Homeboy's style because obviously he's not your normal fucking heavy-handed artist that I'm accustomed to dealing with from the past, but he's also legit like a motherfucker, so it kind of works, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, I like that shit. He's got swagger, and he's got his talent. It's dope. Nice. So we just started trying to do shit together as quickly as we can. Well, what I liked about it, just seeing the stuff online, is like, you know, I think at first it didn't feel like graffiti, like, but then, you know, then I see some of the stuff where you're getting up and it's like you're bringing these different elements together in a way that, that I really haven't seen. Right. And I mean, and, and basically that comes from like just my history as an artist, um, you know, being, being a teenager doing graffiti. So tell me about the history. How, how'd you first get started? So, um, I mean, as a kid, I, I drew a lot. I like to draw. I mean, I, 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 one of the main reasons why I would draw so much is because I would get grounded a lot. And that's what I would have to do, so. <laughs> okay. So, I, that was how I entertained myself. Gr- grounded for what? For getting in fights at school. Okay. I mean, it's like elementary Just stuff. Just regular elementary shit. Elementary school stuff, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so then, I'm, you know, started getting, getting some skill behind, like, my drawings and things like that. And, like, uh-huh. One of my older cousins was like, hey, man, I got to show you something. He took me to this, uh, I don't even know where it's at, but I was like, it's probably like 10 or 11. But it was like uh, somewhere in El Monte and took me to some yard. And yeah. uh, I saw like these big, huge pieces of colorful, like bombs and characters and things like that. And I was instantly like just blown away. And I was like, holy crap, like how, how can I do this? So it kind of like, uh, you know, inspired that in, in me. Yeah. And then by the time I was 13, I was like stealing spray paint and fucking going out spray painting. You remember you remember the first time you got up? Uh yeah, I think it was like uh I was about 13 and uh it was like broad daylight and my friends and me were just trying to see like who was the hardest. Uh-huh. Just catching tags during the day and like running from security and things like that. But uh, yeah, but I mean that led to another day like that. You know, I was uh, doing some daytime uh, stuff, and then I ended up getting caught by some undercovers. <laughs> First time in juvenile hall at fourteen, and kind of just that kept kept going. I was on ju- in juvenile hall until I was eighteen, and uh, 
I uh, I ended up in high school taking courses in graphic design. Mm. So I started applying like a lot of uh, that that design stuff that I learned, like kind of just like uh, you know, kind of graphic looking imagery. I was inspired by a lot of like anime and uh, comic books and things like that as a kid. So I wanted my style to kind of uh, embody like those same kind of characteristics of very like hard, sharp lines, and, mm-hmm. uh, just very like uh, just very like visual, visually impactful, and and. Uh, just pieces that I feel would stand out amongst like other artists and things like that. So, what was one of the comics that like you followed? Um, like uh, I mean, a, a lot of the Todd McFarlane stuff, like, uh-huh. um, you know, like Spawn and things like that. I just like the detail in the artwork and yeah. uh, you know the content was pretty cool. And I mean, just I mean, uh, anime stuff like Akira and like uh, Ninja Scroll, Ghost yeah. Shell, things like that. Um, were also pretty impactful in, like, my art and style and things like that. Yeah. So, I mean, so in high school, I was, like, you know, I was I was like, kind of, like, teetering. Like, I was, like, you know, in and out of juvenile hall, getting fights, doing graffiti. Yeah, but I also, know But also, I was, uh, I was also um, learning all this stuff, this design stuff, where I kind of saw, like, a light at the end of the tunnel. And then... Uh, so you were studying design as well? In high school, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, there was there was these... So I did two years of, like, graphic design in high school. And, mm. um, so I started, like, doing T-shirt designs and, like, getting them printed uh, and selling them on campus and things like that. And I was like, cool. I, like, there was, like, a business behind it. So right after high school, I took some more, like, courses uh, in Long Beach to, like, kind of uh, fine-tune my, my skill... And then just started freelancing for different companies, different t-shirt companies, um, all while still kind of pushing my own uh, style and art by painting live at events and uh, just just painting walls and murals in general. And so was there was there a time when you decided like that this was going to be how you make a living? Yeah, but basically in high school I was like, cool. I, I like, I mean, I printed like about fifty shirts and sweatshirts and sold mm-hmm. them out like in a week and. I was like, oh, okay, damn, I can kind of, uh, I can see a future in this. Yeah. And then from there, I mean, I didn't know what the next step was going to be. So then I started taking uh, classes like on business or graphic design, things okay. like that, kind of figure out what, what I should do. So at that point, um, I started freelancing for companies. Just uh, I was getting approached by certain companies and also just um, kind of just reaching out. But uh, that later led to uh, starting a business with with my my business partner uh, Justin. He him and I started doing private label selling, uh, like uh, just just des- designs and t shirts um, that aren't based around my, my artwork. It's kind okay. of just kind of stuff that the market needs. Yeah. Um. So uh, we started doing this this uh, business of like uh, producing t shirts, shipping it, and uh, to these major retailers. So then I stopped doing, I stopped freelancing, and with that, like I kind of just began focusing more on just like my art, my career as an artist, my pushing my name and things like that. So mm-hmm. that's just basically led to this. Now I'm just kind of doing this for about five, six years. Nice. So, so you know, I mean, that's so interesting to go like, you know, you're making this art, and then it kind of turns into a business, and then you got to learn the whole business side of it. Right, right, right. And so, like, how you make the switch, you know, how do you switch gears from yeah. creative to well, the business side? What was the transition, man? And, like, uh, I mean, it, it, it kind of just like that, like, you know, 
designing some shirts. I'm, I did it in high school to, cause I thought it was cool. You know, I wanted to wear some shirts that I was like designed, have my friends wear it. But I didn't realize that people were gonna be like, dang, I want one, I want one. And then I sold out and then people were like, hey, when you make more, I want more. So then I was like, cool, there's, uh, there's something behind it. Yeah. And uh, from there I was like, cool. You know, it was starting to be kind of more work to like get shirts printed, sell them out of my trunk. And then try to uh, yeah, I'm sure. You know, and try to make keep making it happen. You know, I was like fresh out of high school, so I uh, you know I wanted to kind of see what what the next step from there would be, which was selling just art and yeah. designs to t-shirt companies. Yeah. So at that point, it's just you know I'm designing things on a template. The the company likes it, they purchase it, and I can just continue to do that business. So I stopped printing my own t-shirts and started freelancing, and then. Later on, get uh, establishing relationships with different retailers and vendors, and um, I was, uh, you know, we were with the idea uh, sparked uh, that we should start producing T-shirts, mm -hmm. and start this new business where we do private label alongside my uh, career as a as an artist, and we've been doing that since. So J Justin is my business partner, also manages like my uh, art and things like that. Nice. Yeah, I think we're seven years. Yeah, seven years. seven years, magic label. number. I think we're five on really pushing the haunt brand and yeah. you as an artist and designer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and doing nice. the, the private label built a foundation to be able to bring in income, you know, build a business as well as have a platform and you know, have marketing dollars to push James as an artist and designer. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, talk about maybe about how those things work together. And, and I, I read online somewhere that, uh, that haunt is like an alter ego, right? Yeah. So, so I mean, uh, what does haunt, that mean? Was, haunt was my uh, was my graffiti name growing up. So that's what I used to spray paint. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, when for a long time I kept it separate. You know, my design stuff that I was doing, you know, art for for different companies and events and things like that. Yeah. Because I was still doing illegal graffiti, I never put the two together. But then uh, it was like, I mean, it was like right around where we were kind of starting. You know, I got caught spray painting. Well, I wasn't even spray painting. I got caught with some spray paint on me. And I got uh, got beat up by some undercovers. I pretty much got my ass handed to me. Woke up, like, on a stretcher. And, uh, you know, got taken to the hospital and uh, all this. And I'm, like, basically, like, looking at these cops. Like, man, uh, you know, you guys just beat me up for a spray can. Like, what the hell? They still give me a ticket for possession of vandalism tool. And uh, I went to court, pled mm -hmm. not guilty. Um, then the DA found out that I got beat up. And they're like, hey, you want to press charges against these cops? And I was like, this was like, no, because, I mean, I don't want them to make my life a living hell if I'm, like, pursuing some kind of, like, case against them. So I just turned the other cheek. And at, at that point, I was like, you know what? I'm like, uh, you know, I want to focus on my career professionally. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I kind of just merged, like, my, my name and my graffiti name just started pushing the name James Haunt to pretty much bring the two worlds together and like the stuff that I do did do on the streets and my art, uh, like my uh, design style and that mm -hmm. side of uh, my art, putting the two together and, and, and just focusing on that as like one big main uh, project. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that was like, uh, I mean, for me, the, the main thing that kind of brought that two together was just, uh, getting beat up by some cops so that's kind of yeah the, the alter ego thing and the thing is because i always want to keep it separate but then now i'm like man these cops whoop my ass uh 
like I don't care anymore. Like I really don't care enough. I'm I, I still ride on cop cars and like uh, do graffiti and things like that because <laughs> okay because uh because of that man. I'm like like th- like they're not playing fair by the rules. I'm like it's then uh, I'm not either. Yeah. Right. And if I do ever get arrested, I'm gonna be like, yo, hey, put Sergeant Dwight Walls on the phone. That's the guy who like whooped my ass and like choked me out. And this guy's actually like uh you know, uh like a graffiti task force like okay guy who national like yeah yeah nationwide he like gives seminars to other departments on how to deal with graffiti writers things like that but uh but yeah I'll just be like hey if I get rolled doing something I'll be like put this guy on the phone does he bail you out um, he better no I'm saying it, it hasn't happened yeah, yet <laughs> good but he better because I, I would be like hey like you owe me one it's kind of amazing how. If you really think about it, how much money they spend, it's big business fighting graffiti. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Straight up. For sure. And if you look back in history, which I don't know if you guys are too familiar, but when GK got arrested way back in the day for vandalism, he got more time than the dude that was like two cases before him that committed rape. Wow. I don't know if we've talked about this nah. in there yet, but so he got a year and a half or two years. So he got a, he got a, a, a decent sentence that none of us would ever want to have to do. Mm-hmm. for vandalism and a guy that raped a girl got off on probation yeah and me and casey did a poster with shepherd and then we also went to mark echo and he was going to give us a whole bunch of money to like do a campaign against it kind of fizzled away but it's just amazing to me how serious of an offense it is when in other countries right. it's just not sure you know sure and i'm sure the, the the level and the amount is different than in other countries but it's still just like expression mm-hmm. you know? yeah how can you, you know? I mean, when I was getting kicked and, and stomped and punched in my face, I'm just looking at these guys, not, not resisting. I'm like, yo, why are you doing this? I was like, this is really a nonviolent crime, and I'm not resisting. And I'm like, I, I just stood there and pretty much got tackled and cuffed and kicked and stomped. And, wow. Uh, you know, homie was standing on my head like a freaking skateboard. And just, I was like, I was like, I. It got to one point where I was like, just started screaming for help. I was like, help, someone help me. Because I'm like, these fools are going to fucking kill me. Mm-hmm. You did a video that you'd be beyond rich at this point. <laughs> where was your yeah. cell phone? <laughs> Fuck, smashed in my pocket. <laughs> your pocket yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, I had a spray can. On, and my, the thing was there under covers. At first, I think I'm getting ran up by a freaking gang. I was wearing a red flannel for some reason. But, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like, damn, am I getting ran up on? I had a spray can in my waistband the car i'm like okay it's police raise my hand this full spears me and like i mean i land so hard the spray paint like burst in my sh- in, inside my shirt and i'm just like filled with paint wow I'm just getting stomped out after that <laughs> so i mean yeah if something were to ever happen i'm kind of i'm just gonna ask that favor like hey dude <laughs> pull the card out pull the card so i you know i think it's interesting when when shit like that happens obviously it makes you question it a bunch of things about what you're doing, right? And kind of, um, and so it sounded like you know you sort of shifted gears on the business side. Did it make it question the sort of the mission, like of what you're trying to do as an artist? Yeah, I mean, you know what? It kind of like it just made me realize like, look, this it's still like graffiti. You know, I know guys that really make that their careers. You know, I have friends right. that really like. I mean, do that shit, die hard. Um, I personally, you know, I, I wanted to always just pursue, uh, you know, a career in, in just art in general as as a painter, as a, you know, not necessarily just doing graffiti. Graffiti is something that I just grew up doing. It's a part of what 
my upbringing was like. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's just still within me. Like, you still kind of get the itch to, like, do, do catch a tag or, like, do something. Um, but, uh, you know, the transition has always been there in my, in my head. I'm like, you know, not even the transition. It was always, like, I wanted to still pursue a career in fine art. I still wanted to create paintings to exhibit, you know, around the world. And, mm-hmm. Things like that, beyond just doing graffiti. Beyond getting up. Yeah, and, um, <laughs> you know, I think that was even more important to me than, you know, just catching some tags and things like that. Because when I was writing on the street, I wasn't, writing, I wasn't doing il- much illustrative work. It wasn't mm-hmm. like the stuff that you see, um, like, on my Instagram or things like that. It was just straight tags vandalism. and just vandalism and, like, just street graffiti. Yeah. I got coffee with Sabre Saturday, and we pulled up to this coffee shop in Pasadena. And there's like all the, the foam pole and then those little metal poles that go up like with the wires and shit and they're all clean. I'm like, damn, I wish I had a streak right now. He looks at me, he's like, how old are you? I'm like, this shit never goes away. It's like, you know, especially when you're in the room with dudes like that, like you just want right. to, you want to let it go. Yeah. You know, a couple of drinks and you're trying to climb shit. <laughs> you know, you're looking for that permanent spot. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. There's something, there's, there's something therapeutic about it, you know, just a little destruction i mean saber described it as an as an addiction right, right. which I, I i thought was really like i loved the perspective he had on it which was like the combination of of the chemicals and then the thrill the adrenaline you know of maybe you're gonna get caught and then the feedback that you get right. from the streets like folks that appreciate what, what you're you, going through what you're yeah. doing yesterday i was i was at the house and i got a text from Oli. It's a picture of a sticker that I put at Ikea. To me, Ikea is like heaven, right? It's like all these fucking people going through this place. Like if you can stay for yeah, you can stay for a minute, you you're you're winning, right? So I hit I hit all I put stickers on all fire extinguishers is my joint, right? Right. I do it in all kinds of places and they stay because nobody's buffing the fire extinguisher. right? Right. And he sends me a picture at the food place where you get the Swedish meatballs and it's a sticker like on the back of the coffee machine. Because like the machine they use, so when uh-huh. you're in the line, you can see it. He's like, uh-huh. "Is this you?" I'm like, "Yeah." I got that dopamine rush. Real quick. <laughs> How long has that one been riding? Uh, two years. Oh wow! Not, not as long as the it's one like when you go up the escalator. Me and Casey went there for our off our first office, and I put one on the bottom of the escalator. It's been running since IKEA opened, forever. Not wow. as long as that one, but it still yeah. felt good to get that like feedback, like you say. Sure. And I'm not even a writer. I'm just a sticker bombing old man. But it still feels fucking good <laughs> when people are like in in other states and they're like, "Oh snap, I'm in Philly and I've seen this thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hot. No, it's something about that. Yeah, you know, just getting like that love from your peers. Sometimes even too, you know, I walk, I'll be walking down downtown sometimes and I'll see like either a tag or a sticker and I'm like, I'm like, for, I don't, I can't remember when I did it. Mm-hmm. Or uh, how the fuck I got up there. I'm like, kind of tripping on a lot of things like that. But um, I don't know. It's it's, it's just weird. It, graffiti is like that, man. It's like uh, it's pretty much like uh, I was here concept, you know. Yeah. When you do, and you just pretty much uh, put uh, John was here, you know, just because you. Pokemon shit. You're just like you know you're pretty much, yeah. It's like you're pretty much just kind of like leaving your signature places that you visit. Right. It's kind of like that, I guess. Yeah. And your peers recognize it and it's i don't know it's just it's mainly for other graffiti writers that are, you know sure the way I look at it. yeah and what's the feedback been i mean you know you talk about moving between these different worlds right from the streets to 
clothing business to the fine art gallery world like is it all open arms or, or what how, yeah, how, how is I mean, that you know what I, I, been, I mean I can't really remember people giving me like uh, a hard time for anything really mm-hmm. um, you know I mean there are people that are gonna like not necessarily appreciate your shit or whatever right. sure but um, I don't know I feel like uh, I've been you know, I've paid my dues. I've gotten like a, you know, credibility from the from the OGs and and the guys who like, kind of that everyone pretty much looks up to. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I think I've I've paid my dues. I, uh, you know, people kind of want to see me do my thing now. Mm-hmm. And plus, on top of that, you know, it's like people are pretty supportive and receptive on, uh, the the art and the pieces and things like that. So people are hyped to see what, what what's gonna happen next yeah and the evolution through it because uh you know my style does does change and go through different um transitions throughout throughout the years so i mean just for people to think you know what's gonna come next i'm sure it's exciting for some some of my audience to, uh, is that is that intentional do you say like oh i'm tired of this style i'm gonna move on or does it just sort of happen it, yeah you know what it's it becomes uh you know when, when it starts getting a little stagnant you know i want to start introducing like kind of like new ideas or just test myself on like kind of new techniques yeah uh, you know push my ability a little bit more mm-hmm. you know my style used to be actually a lot more complicated a lot more layers and things going on with it and I had to simplify it a lot more for like that mainstream market, you know. And I, me understanding like to make myself uh, a little bit more marketable, I had to kind of just like, like dumb it down a little bit. And at that point, you know, getting like calls from Red Bull and mm-hmm. uh, Porsche, Porsche, <laughs> different companies that nice that kind of uh, could relate to that stuff. It worked yeah. well with their product and. Uh, but you know, it was still me kind of like, I, like I was like, had a style, and that's me kind of slowing down to like let people kind of get uh, introduced to my art in like a, a chill way. But then you know, as like people start getting more familiar with my art, I'm introducing kind of like a little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more, some more, uh, you know, like maybe uh, more of an abstract idea. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes it's received well. Sometimes people don't get it, and people are like, "Well, can you just do the girl with the sunglasses?" And I was, I was like, uh, "Yeah, shit, my money." Yeah, of course. Um, but no, that's I mean, funny. well, I think that's interesting because I think you know, as an artist, you know, you probably move a lot faster than than the audience does because Absolutely. you know most people aren't seeing everything you're doing, right? Absolutely. And you're so in it you know every single day right like you you know you've stared at that painting a thousand times right. and somebody else has maybe seen it the first time right and so you know i think that's a challenge for for everybody creative is to like not not move too fast for your audience mm-hmm. but also you got to move or you're going to you get stay bored excited right? about it yeah. yeah like that's that's my main thing like i like to if i'm gonna walk away from uh from either a design on the computer or a painting at the end of the day I want to, I want to have the feeling of the need to wake up early to get back on it because that's how hyped I am on it. Yeah, and uh, so that's what I try to do and like uh, try to push myself with my art to still have that excitement of like accomplishing these pieces and feeling good about um, about the work and you know a lot of times it's kind of yeah just it's like slowly evolving and t- trying new things to 
to keep that excitement, to keep that hype in the. So, what's your process when you're when you're not feeling that? When you're feeling stagnant, like. Um, I just let it go. I don't force it. I'm just like, cool. I could either just, you know, go. I mean, I, I could do so many other things because, like, my plate's always full. Mm -hmm. so sometimes I would switch out, start doing some design stuff for our T-shirt company, or mm -hmm. you know, basically just not not trying to force it, or just go out and like ride, go on a bike ride, or go skate, or mm -hmm. you know, just find other outlets, or just leave it alone and and do some research and and look up some cool documentaries about like freaking telekinesis or some like old chinese uh like ancient power shit that i was watching is that right yesterday. <laughs> what was that um no, i was like just on, on on a youtube little thing yesterday but okay uh, i don't know i like watching like these interesting videos of like you know uh you know shaman monks doing some some uh you know uh, extraordinary things with their minds and bodies and mm -hmm. you know different like ideas like i'm into like you know extraterrestrials and like all that shit so mm -hmm. so like stuff like that inspi like inspires me and like you know kind of like rejuvenates like the creativity and like you know i'm watching this and just thinking of ideas even though it's not like directly put into my artwork but just like the excitement about it and certain things it just it's, it's more so feelings and, yeah and gets me hyped you know i start you know maybe my approach is a little bit different the next time with uh an illustration or something like that but so are you conscious about that about like what influences to let in and what to keep out yeah i mean basically i've i've uh I, I'm, like it's not that i have a formula but I, like i kind of already know how to execute pieces and imagery in the way that i like i i like mm -hmm. to but then uh you know i i will just kind of just come up with uh a new idea i guess and then just test it and just try it out but it's not very direct like um like I, like if I'm inspired, if I see something, I'm not gonna try to reproduce it. It's more so, like I said, just like the feeling of being hyped up. Mm -hmm. Like if my if my homie does a keg stand and I'm like <laughs> cheering him on or something, and I'm like that shit's hyping me up, and then lit, and then I'm like cool, then I'm gonna go back to my mural just because ah, like you know I'm hyped on my homie. It's like uh, you know it's adrenaline and like it's those kind of things. And right. you know when I'm seeing something that's inspiring and then lit and I kind of just get hyped up. And then later, it's just like more of just like I just feel good inside, and and then I just produce. Yeah. But um, yeah, not not so much direct influence. Like sometimes I'll be like, oh shit, man, maybe I want to draw some water today, mm -hmm. and then just I'll try to illustrate some water, and then later on apply that to like you know splash it over like a girl's body or something, and then see how that looks on top of each other. Maybe maybe today I'm gonna try to draw some leaves and foliage and put that in the background in the foreground, and it's kind of like. You know, trying new things, knowing already how like my style is, like I, I have a format of executing the way that, that I want to illustrate it. Um, and then just kind of just, you know, taking the time to see what the end product will look like and, and see if it works and if I like it. And, you know, there are a lot of things that I've drawn, like spent hours and hours and days and days drawing that will never see the light of day mm -hmm. because it's just I was I saw it. OK, I had the idea, did it wasn't feeling it to just turn off the turn off that layer and mm -hmm. move on to the next thing mm -hmm. but um you know a lot of it's just experimental just having fun i like ultimately end of the day i like to draw i like right. to just chill create like make things it, it, it excites me um so it's just that it's just like constantly pushing myself trying to try new things and uh just being experimental having fun with it yeah
like, uh, you know, I was in Spain and, and you know, I've like, I've, I'm staying at this dude's house and it's like this beautiful, like, mansion from like the 17th century on like right on the beach in San Sebastian. It's like six stories, beautiful home. And this guy's like, you know, I really like your art. So can you paint something in my living room? But he's like, hey, I want you to paint a girl with her legs spread open. And I was like, so for me as an artist, like, you know, I, I want to paint things that, even though as raunchy as that sounds, I still want to make it look eloquent at the end of the thing. So mm -hmm. that's where my, I guess, my main importance is like, to make it at the, at the end of the day, make it still look beautiful, have it still be a, a visually impactful piece. And yeah, that. I mean, it's funny you say that because, you know, as I was looking at your your stuff, like, um, and, you know, a lot of the articles about you, whatever, like there's definitely a strong sexuality. But but to me, it feels very like um, almost innocent at the same time. Yeah. Like, like I, I think of this, the I think of like the 80s for some reason. Right, right. Um, yeah, I get compared to like a Patrick Nagel. Like, yeah. A lot of his work, which I mean, yeah. he's an amazing, amazing artist. Was he a big influence on you, or did he you just sort of ended wasn't. up in the same place? Yeah, he like, really wasn't. Yeah. Like I said, it was more like comic books and anime. Right. You know, I would see Patrick Nagel stuff like when I'm, uh, you know, when I was walking down the street and seeing right. salons and shit. I'm like, yeah. oh, that's kind of cool. But you know, I was like, it was just some imagery. But I was really into like these like complex stories and ideas. And like I said, you know, back then I used to draw a lot, a lot more shit like I was mm -hmm. drawing more animals more kind of just just different uh different content yeah and uh so by the time I'm trying to like market my name as as an artist you know I had to dumb it down so I really focused on eyes lips mm -hmm. um girls the sunglasses things like that because that was what I felt could help me stand out and be more marketable at that point in time in, in my career um and it was something that people can right away be like, hey, I don't know how necessarily have to sign my name. They're like, oh, that's I, I know that's a James Hong piece. For sure. Um, so, like, I, I, uh, I definitely, you know, I definitely do like doing that. I like painting girls for a reason. Like, it's, you know, it's something that I still find sexy. I feel like, uh, you know, it could go from, I mean, I can show my little sisters a painting and they get it, you know, I can mm -hmm. show my grandmother the same painting and she gets it, you know, and mm -hmm. she's not like, oh, mijo, that's nasty, you're like fucking, you know what I mean? Like, right. uh, so that's it, like, I mean, I'm trying to still like, you know, make tasteful imagery, but you know, it has like this sexual undertone. Have an appeal, yeah. I mean, I think it's really interesting because obviously the environment we're in today with not so much art, but with, with media, right, is, you know, you, there's like you know the stuff that you see on on public tv it was like not x-rated but it was it was definitely like r-rated you know 20 years ago right you know what i'm saying and uh and so i think that line keeps moving and and so like what you're doing like i definitely see the sexuality to it but it, it really does feel kind of innocent yeah in a way yeah. that i mean i think you know the way that you know Patrick Nagel's stuff was considered really edgy for its time mm. because they didn't have that right? right but now we have like naked women everywhere the instagrams yeah, of yeah exactly <laughs> yeah for sure yeah. it really is sometimes i just search titties and see what comes up 
or a pussy. You know what, what, what I mean? What like, comes up? Wow, shit comes up. Let's check it out. No, I'm saying on Instagram, like yeah. you, you can get lucky every once in a while, depending on what time it is, and you can catch like a couple, couple good ones. Before shit gets reported. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah, But I, I know this when I like I, I, I always think about Nagel when I think about James sometimes too. But when I got my first apartment at Westwood. First thing I went and bought was a fucking Nagel and put it on the wall. Yeah. And had girls come over and they were they, they instantly knew what kind of mood the room was setting. Sure. And they came in the bedroom and they right. seen the Nagel. It was like, yep. Yeah. And I cook <laughs> I cook a chicken breast and some 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 frozen vegetables and we watched nine and a half weeks. Oh shit. So if they didn't get the Nagel wasn't enough, then after wow. nine and a half weeks, about halfway through, dive that's, in. That's what's up. So yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe James is a modern day mood setter and shit. Exactly. There you go. There you go. You come to the house and there's a James Hahn on the wall. You know what's happening. <laughs> there you go. I'm not mad at that. No, I'm not mad at that at all. I, li- I like that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Now we just need to sell that to a retailer and we're straight. Right. Like Ikea will tell them, you know, all the set 19-year-old little boys want to buy this shit. Hey, check it out. Rebel Radio is brought to you by Wix.com. Do you need a website? No, let me tell you, you do need a website, and you can do it yourself with Wix.com. No matter what business you're in, if you got a startup, your music career, your uh, earwax collection, I don't know what you're doing. Whatever it is, you need a website. And Wix is used by more than 84 million people worldwide. It makes it easy to get your website live today. You can spend time on your business. Don't spend time building your website. There's hundreds of designer-made templates to choose from. Use the drag and drop editor. You drop in your images, your videos, your copy. And next thing you know, you have a beautiful website that you built yourself. It's fast. It's easy. It's free. We did it with rebelradio.net. Check it out. And you can see the amazing work you can do with Wix.com. You're too busy with everything else. Stop worrying about your website. Wix.com, it's easy and free. Go to Wix.com. Create your own website today. Send it to us, and we will promote it online. All right. Yeah, I mean, talk about that a little bit, because, you know, you mentioned Red Bull and, and uh, Porsche and doing stuff for brands. Like, what you know, how does that work? Like, how do you keep – it sounds like you have a really strong focus on what you're trying to create as an artist, and then, obviously, when you're being hired by a brand, they have their needs, right? Yeah. So what do you do? How do you keep those two things in check? So, I mean, and it, it all goes back to, like, uh, you know, starting my career as, like, being a hired-on freelance artist. You know, I, I learned to work with other clients, you know, see what, finding the middle ground between what I, my abilities and what they're asking for. Yeah. And uh, so I did that, you know, I did designs, like, you know, someone wanted a skull, I did a skull for them, or, and they wanted it in this specific style, charcoal or whatever. I did I did that for them. Mm-hmm. I, like, I'm... I'm, I'm I can draw the ability to draw in many styles. This is just my specific style that I choose choose to do. So Um, is there certain stuff that you say no to because it's like you don't want your name on that? Or or I'll say, hey, uh, I know a guy probably could do a better job at this. And then there's some people who will be like, hey, you know, James, can you... uh..." Now it's like I pretty much only take jobs based on like my own artwork. So now like, so like say like Portia, they reached out because... They like they like that specific style of work, right? And the the content, the imagery, and things like that. So, when meeting with a client, you know, we kind of kind of sit down, discuss the project, mm-hmm. and they have like their, uh, you know, their inspiration. Like we like these types of colors. We like, 
you know, this is our, our project. And then I, I go back, spend a week or so designing, kind of, and then we do some back and forth. Mm -hmm. They might be like, hey, we like this, but maybe lose that. Cool. And then just at that point, it's like, because it is, it's that. It's a collaboration. You're working back and forth with their team. Yeah. And to find like that middle ground that, you know, everyone is happy with. And um, from years of doing that through freelancing, I feel like, you know, it's been, it becomes second nature, you know, and I like, I understand the process before even getting to the project. I know other artists who sometimes tend to like get a little bit weary about, you know, their art being like uh, critiqued or changed sure. or moved around. Yeah. But I mean, if you're trying to do business, like that is what, what it entails. and Flexibility. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. You gotta be, yeah, you gotta be flexible and you gotta understand that that's part of the job. That's part of what it takes to, execute a lot of these projects and especially big companies they have guidelines with their with their of course logos with you know things that their company can and can't do and uh you know so i think that's what has allowed me to also like have a success in that type of uh thing with collaborations because um companies get like know that i get it you know it's not a a hard process you know justin helps smoothen that a little bit too by just you know helping out, jumping in with logistics and things yeah. like that. So, uh, you know, what companies have said to us, you know, they're like, You're, you guys are like the easiest people to work with. Like, we just... That's a I good mean, That's yeah. a good reputation. Though. Yeah, so and that, you know, that spreads and yeah. you know, the next client's like, shit, that was awesome. Let's Josh is definitely no stranger to working between artists and companies and yeah. dealing with the difficulties and disappointments and approvals. I don't yeah. know if you guys know, but Josh had a company called Rebel Organization and ran most of the early Scion art stuff. And oh, worked dope. with yeah. everybody that, you know, most of my friends. Yeah, and, I remember when they were more. doing the whole Scion. Well, yeah, Josh project. was responsible for mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think it's, you know... I probably emailed you. Probably. <laughs> um, I think, you know, for me, it's like you can't... You can't go into it holding your nose. Yeah. Right? Like... It, you know, I think some artists feel like, I mean, every artist is worried about how they're going to make money, right? And, and, you know, we have this idea that, like, you know, we're going to make this stuff in our vision, but it's also going to pay the bills, right? And, and those are sometimes at odds. But, you know, I think the people that create the best products are the ones that are, that it, it really makes sense to them how it all fits together. Yeah. Right. And if and, you know, I've worked with guys who I've had to say, like, don't do this because you don't like it and you're not going to be happy with the outcome and you're going to be mad at that money. Yeah. Once it comes in, you know what yeah. I mean? And, and it's something you're putting your name behind, you know, and that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty much uh, gone down in history. Yeah. Like, you, especially in this day and age. For sure. There's no taking it back. Yeah. No yeah. It's not going to be something that's hidden overseas like that used to be a thing is you could do like the cheesy stuff in Germany or whatever because it. <laughs> Right, because it wouldn't, but now it's going to be on yeah, Instagram. Everything's transparent. Yeah, yeah. For sure. I thought it was interesting that you said, like, you know your style, you know what you do, so you bring that to the table when you come to the project. And I think that's probably one of the smartest things, to, smartest ways to look at it. Because a lot of dudes can be really super dope, but, like, either they're scared or they're protective or they're egotistical and they get in the room and they let all yeah. that shit get in the way of the process. So at the end of the day, like Josh said, that compromise is final result. So everybody's not as happy as they could be if you don't go into it without holding your nose. Right. 
Yeah, and I think that goes on the buyer side too, right? Like, you you know, I always tell, you know, the brands, like, you know, you're going to get what you see here, right? Like, don't go, don't go because of somebody's name or because, like, you think somebody's really talented and they can do what you want, even though that's not what's on paper. Mm-hmm. Like, buy what you see yeah. and you're going to be happy with it. Exactly. You know, and otherwise you're sort of hoping some magic happens. Yeah. That you haven't seen yet and you said setting yourself up to be disappointed i got a question though james yeah. what do you like as we look around our peer group right and josh too i guess maybe and even justin i'm wondering when is the craze when or if will when when will the craze stop where these companies stop coming to all of us and looking for this for this i look at mar doing his thing and you're doing your thing it's like is it is it at its peak or is it only getting better you know is it I think at one point it's gonna get a little played out to have I mean, like I think art gotten, all over all over everything. Art hasn't on everything. It gotten there a couple times already, and it still keeps coming and going, right? Like yeah. you get what I'm saying. Well, like, because I think art just you know by nature it, it's about reinvention. Absolutely, right? I agree. And yeah, go for it. You know, even before this whole street art or you know mural craze was going on, like you know art, art's applied everywhere. You know, music, CD right. covers, um, backdrops, storyboarding, music videos. So I think, you know, in, in James being adaptable, I think that as long as you're willing to adapt with where it's going and apply your art in those ways, you know, I think it'll go on forever. Yeah. Yeah. I think no matter what, yeah, the world is going to need art and artists and designers. Mainly, I think, you know, there was a huge, like, after, like, Exit to the Gift Shop and shit, there mm-hmm. was a huge, like... Uh, For sure. Like I mean, I think my grandma started catching tags at that. Point. <laughs> oh shit! Can we get that? In, I mean, Snapchat that shit. Yeah, what did she write? That's what I wanted. That's all. Um, I put my grandma on blast. Checking fools. Yeah, you can't, can't let that out. Um, That's all. Nah, so it was like, man, a lot of cheesy shit came out for a long time, you know, like, and I feel like that was almost something that deaded like a lot of that. Right. But then. uh you know, a lot of things fizzle. No, no matter what, you know, people I feel are going to be attracted to art and art and large scale, and, uh, and like the youth culture behind it. You know, and uh, definitely, I think, um, you know, I think yeah, it's probably going to go through its waves. But I, you know, I was like for a time, I was like, damn. Now there were stickers everywhere and things like that. Like mm-hmm. at, right after I exit through the gift shop, mm-hmm. kind of felt like it's super cheesy. Um, so I was like, yeah, I mean. At that point, I was like, "All right, cool. I, I have to work even extra harder to stand out Push and not and not be falling under that category of right. like uh, these guys are coming out of the clo- out of the woodwork and and now are like probably uh, coming out of the closet too. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, and you know, I I just didn't want to fall under that category because at that it was around the time too. It was like, cool. I was, you know, I got jumped by those cops and fucking. I was just ready to kind of start focusing on just just." doing kind of more uh, mainstream commercialized work and, yeah. and seeing where that takes me. And, but I, so it was around that same time and I was just like, all right, fuck, you know, I got to really fucking step it up to not be in that category. And the thing is too, like throughout the years of just putting in work, you know, people who know what's up, knew what's up, they're like, oh yeah, this guy didn't just come out of nowhere. This guy's mm-hmm. been, been here, been doing that. And then on top of that, like, you know, the work will speak for itself. Like uh, I didn't just learn how to paint. Like it's yeah, you right. Got, you got history. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
I mean, right after Exit the Gift Shop came out, I had a, I think I had had the joint on Pico, mm. and one of my boys from Birmingham brought his girlfriend, his girlfriend's friend and husband, a forty-year-old Jewish girl from the valley that I went to school with, and she's like, "Oh, you're really into art?" And I was like, "Yeah." She goes, "I'm a graffiti artist. I'm talking about a forty-year-old Jewish chick from Encino." And I'm nice. like, "You are?" She's like, "Yeah. I, I, you got some markers?" And I was like. To me, coming from where, I, from where I come from, that's the furthest thing in the fucking world from a truth. Yeah. And I'm just looking. And she really believed it. Like, she was really down. And she, like, started, she had, you know, did right. her little letters. And, and I was, that's when I almost threw up on myself. I was like, where the <laughs> hell is this thing going? Like, and she's like, what? Why are you? I didn't, I didn't really sweat her, but I kind of was like, okay, thank you, but no thank you. You know, and she was like, well, what's your deal? And then I kind of, I, I, I didn't lay into her, but I was like, look, man, like, we did this thing for real. Yeah. yeah. We didn't just see it on TV and go out and think, like, okay, I'll yeah. Yeah. I go buy some colored pencils trenches. and shit. Yeah. For sure. I'm like, no offense, but you're not a street artist, you're not a graffiti artist, and you never will be. You, you can be an artist, and you can try and emulate this style, or you can be, be influenced by what people right. are doing. I'm like, but until, you know, because when I got in my crew, I had to go write my name a thousand times. They're like, go write a thousand times and come back to me. And then we'll talk about it. And that's when I got in the chosen few. Not because I was driving the car and, and right. I happened to go to the right party. It was like there was a process, you know, and you had to earn some shit. It was just it so it did it was get like, real saturated where like, you know. It's like when we were kids, like everybody we all hit up our notebooks. Yeah. But only some kids went out at night and hit up freeway. on the streets, right? Yeah. Like I streets I never did that. So I never thought I was a graffiti artist, yeah. but I would I would do get my best on, on my notebook, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, and like, that's, because yeah, that's, that's what totally everybody did. Chill. Yeah, yeah, man. But the, yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah. Back to taking risks, you know, yeah. for, I mean, for shit, what really uh, matters to you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Spending, I mean, spending nights. People like, you know, it's so glamorized. Uh, you know, like people are like, oh my god. I like after that, you know, everyone wants to do graffiti right. until you fucking get caught. Until yeah, you're of course. In jail, until you until. Dame runs up on you at the wall and tells you to kick rocks. <laughs> you're like, oh, this is too much for me. Yeah, until you get fucking punched in the face uh, a bunch of times. Like, That's man, right. it's, it's right. like, it, it's not a glamorous environment to be in. Like, people think, like, man, uh, sure. I, 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 man, I got hit with bats. I got fucking got, like, woke, woken up on, on stretchers so many times. Like, it was, like, there was a violent, violent. How about I, getting and, shot at, at and, other and, people's and, yards? So, it, in any of those times, did you ever think, like, uh, maybe I'm, Maybe I'm done. Maybe I should do something else. I mean, well, I still take that risk, you know. Yeah. But uh, there was one time where I was like, you know, my dad, I was 16. My dad got a 10-year sentence in prison. I had two little sisters that, like, like started doing construction under the table to, to um, help pay for bills and things like that. Mm -hmm. Things kind of started coming into uh, perspective, and I was like, I need to choose right now. I need to, like, I'm either going to – I'm still on probation – you know, my friend just got murdered. I'm like, I'm like, damn, like, are we going to go bust on these fools right now? Or like, so there was a lot of things going on. And I was like, either I'm going to, I think I eat mushrooms and I decided this. And, that. and like, I'm like, I'm either going to choose this path and like pursue my talent, my skill, and really like yeah. go hard and, and try to make a difference. Or I'm just going to uh, quit half-stepping and uh, grab this gun and go dump on fools like, because that's where the the violence and and where I was at in graffiti mm -hmm. it was like that. It was like fools are shooting, like teens were bringing guns to school, and like, right. and fools are getting stabbed and shot and yeah. all that. So, uh, so I'd be like, either I'm gonna go full force this way, full force that way. I chose the I chose the light. I chose to 
focus on my art. You know, saw my two little sisters like they they needed that. I was I was their last hope. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, so that's and was that did somebody help you? Were you, did you have like mentors? Nah, or were you figuring it out nah, all I was on your own? Just like yeah, it was kind of solo. Um, yeah. yeah, like I said, uh, but my older brother at the time was uh, you know he was like hooked on drugs, so he wasn't really that uh, mm-hmm. influential. Although sure, he was an amazing artist. You know, he had he yeah he went through his like chapters and um, so really I kind of just I knew all I had was myself. My dad was, just got ten years in prison, so um, I was like I, that's why I started doing construction. I was yeah. like and then I did construction for two years. Um, ended up getting a bunch of my tools stolen at a site. Got pissed at the foreman. Yelled at him. I was like fuck you. I was like I quit. I'm an artist. I'm gonna do art, motherfucker. Fuck this. And uh, but I had saved enough money to move out. My mom would, and my mom could be cool. She's back on her feet. Mm. And uh, so then I moved to Long Beach. Started uh, taking more courses in design and um, and just started pushing my my art as mm-hmm. as a professional artist and designer. Mm-hmm. See that goes to the point of like you know s- saturation or not saturation. Art for the style of it or the fun of it or be out of necessity. It seems, Josh, that we keep getting people in here that art was a necessity. And not just out of income, but out of like passion yeah. and drive and motivation. Like Saber, same thing. Yeah. Kelly, same thing. It's like, it, that's the one synonymous thing that I'm finding is like, it seems like a path that didn't you didn't choose, but it chose you almost. Well, I, I don't know if there's any other way. Like maybe we'll get somebody in here that was like, yeah, completely was, blown out. It was like, yeah, I went, you know, I, I got my MBA, and then I decided like art was a better move. <laughs> like, well, I mean, I got listen, I got somebody right now, and I'm not going to say any names, but they definitely have a nice career in art. Yeah, and it was by choice after being successful at doing something else. Well, I'm not saying that that it can't be like you have no other options, but I'm saying like I think you do art because you can't not do art. Yeah, and I would I would say that of you know of any art. Right. I was talking. Yeah, I was talking to some college class recently and it was a music business class at UCLA. And one of the kids raised his hand. He's like, I'm working this day job and I'm trying to do my music at night. And it's really hard trying to balance the two. And I said, dude, if you can give up music, give it up today. Just work because life will be easier. The only reason to stick with the music is because you can't give it up because it's going to be that hard. Right. Yeah, to get it. And and so you have it. to like need it in your life. And, and that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah, you could be a lawyer, you could be whatever, right? But but you have to have that burn yeah. inside you that's only satisfied when you create. Yeah. Otherwise you're just not gonna have the, the drive. Absolutely. I agree with well, that. Yeah. And I guess at the end of the day, you see that <laughs> drive and that burn and that ur- that desire in the final outcome. Yeah. You know, if you really know art and you really have a passion for art, you can see when it's cookie cutter or add water or whenever because yeah, otherwise you give up too fast. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like me, I'm a terrible artist, but I I would, you know, I'm not an artist, but I draw terribly, right? And and if I had it doesn't bother me that much. Like I would love to have a beautiful piece on the wall that I created. That would be cool. But it doesn't bother me that much that the art on my wall was created by somebody else? Yeah, well, you're an artist, just different. Okay. I think but, the art of putting people together and being I'm able not, to see the playing field for what it is. and Fair enough. Maybe that's not my art, right? Yeah. But but my point is, like, it's, um, it never, 
bothered me enough that I'm like, I got to keep working at this. this. I got to stay up all night and get this right. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, okay, you know, I tried. That sucked. I'm going to do something else. Well, you know what I do is I move shit. I move paintings around my house a lot, and that's my art. That's smart. It has to look right. Yeah. It's got two new sabers, and I'm like, all right, where are these going to go? And they're still sitting there, and I'm trying to figure it out. I'm like, you know, moving them around and getting my eye for it. So shit just moves all the time. So you'll come to my house to be shepherd one day over here, and, you know. So I guess that's my little way of You have a better collection okay than I do. Being someone, I don't believe that for a second, but that's my that's how it's okay for me to have other people shit around me because then I still feel in control because I can move it. Is that weird? No. Makes sense, right? Yeah, I get it. That's I don't an have art. James I mean, Hunt, though, dude, in interior <laughs> interior design is an art. Coming up There's soon. no question about yeah. that. Yeah, my birthday's coming up soon. Nice. Um, okay, we're almost running out of time, but I, I want to know uh, about the partnership. Uh, you and Justin and kind of like what makes you guys good partners for each other? You know, to me, you know, I know we're talking a lot about art, but this is a business, right? And so how do you think about uh, that well, I partnership? Mean, fuck, uh, I mean, we treat our relationship not only as a business, but like, uh, you know, we're we're like brothers, man. Like, uh, you know, beyond the office, you know, like, uh, you know, some dude's talking shit to me in Seattle and this motherfucker punched him through a fucking... Uh, <laughs> Uh, just a cab window and like, nice. uh, you know, uh, I mean, right? I mean, one time What's I was up? on acid and I was like fucking tripping out, and Justin came pick me up and watched fucking ridiculousness with me all afternoon. And, <laughs> so and that commercial, but it's just like it goes beyond. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes beyond like the art and everything. It's like friendship is like it's your fam, you know. Yeah, we, we were homies. Look out for each other before we were working together. Yeah. We were yeah. just two dudes. We had worked worked together with another company, became friends, and then one thing led to another, and next thing you know, we're like, damn, we have orders with Tilly's, Urban Outfitters, PacSun, and I think we were able to grow it and become successful because we, you know, we put our friendship first, and it was fun for us to do. Yeah, basically, you know? it was, yeah, it was fun. It was something we enjoyed to do. We were traveling, we are uh, you know, meeting uh, other amazing people, and, like, uh, it, it was just something that we were still excited about. We still are mm-hmm. excited about. We're like shit, getting emails and like, oh damn, that's an awesome account. Let's follow up and like make this right. shit happen. And uh, I think we have a good dynamic where um, I can perform, I can execute, and Justin can handle um, a lot of the details where it just takes that stress off of my mind. Yeah. And it also helps smoothen the 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 relationship, relationship with with the the client and sure. all of that so and, and that's what i love to do you know same as you like i can't yeah. pick up a pen or a paintbrush well sometimes i'll do some bills you know, <laughs> nice i'll have them wax on wax off <laughs> call it sensei sometimes that's cool um but you know i thoroughly enjoy the business side of things i love yeah. the negotiation i love putting a deal together i love executing the logistics on something that doesn't necessarily make sense or you can't just pull off with ease you know right that's what gets me going in the day and We've kept it exciting for years, you know, working with rad clients and doing all kinds of cool stuff together. I mean, like, you know, there's not many people in this world that I get to do that stuff with. Yeah. You know, we've, we've gone on crazy trips, gotten fights, killed deals, you know. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's just, man, I, lo- I love it. Yeah, and I think that's really, uh, you. I think you're speaking to it, right? It's like, you got to do what you love, right? Yeah. If you don't, you know, it's, it's, it's way too much work. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, like I said, when I when I'm working on a piece and uh, it's the end of the night, you know, I I want to get up early mm-hmm. because I'm that's how, that's how excited I am about the the work. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff it's not even 
because there's a client involved or anything. It's just for the sake of producing, creating, uh, having imagery in my head that I can see and make it tangible in my car. You know, and, and that that's exciting to me. Like yeah. The process of creating, of executing, seeing the finished product, like it, it, get, it gets me going every day. Yeah. You said something, you know, I think it's really common to go from from making art, especially you know street art, to uh, to clothing, right? And you know a lot of guys we've had on here have gone the same path, and I think everybody's learned kind of how difficult that is, uh, where it seems really obvious because you need the art for the clothes, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but then now all of a sudden you're in this whole business with distributors and garmentos and, and we've you had know distribution deals and done it on our own and investors and financers and. Yeah, what is it about that? Why is that so difficult? Well, I think, uh, you know, understanding the market, and there are so many different types of markets, you know, yeah. and I think mainly it's just coming up with a proper game plan, knowing, like, who your, who your client is and focusing, like, uh, your product for that. You know, mm. I think a lot of times artists create art or make that transition, they're doing like designs and clothes like how for themselves mm -hmm. and sometimes as an artist you're too forward or you're you know and if right. you're trying to do something for a mass market or something like that like you have to understand you have to see what understand what the people want and i'm not saying just conform to that but design toward that mm -hmm. so do your own work but with with the understanding of like this is what it's for yeah, like Josh said, you're moving faster than the rest of the world. That's basically sure. the same thing. Especially clothing, right? Because then, then you got production time and getting into yeah. So then, so then, a lot of times, yeah, yeah, a lot of times, you know, I'm, we're designing a product or some something with another company that doesn't release for another, like, an, a year. Right. Wakeboard right now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm doing a wakeboard for for this pro wakeboard. Oh, uh, cool. Uh, rider. Yeah, Melissa Marquardt, and she. I mean. Super amazing uh, writer, but she and her, she and I sat down, came up with the design, and I mean it won't be released for another year. Mm -hmm. But being ahead of the curve and understanding, you know, the client and what where the market's going, and having like those kinds of uh, that kind of approach to to I think designing for apparel or for pro different products, um, you know, that it it'll help, you know, I think uh, help artists be successful at, at apparel or things like that. But yeah. I think that's where I, I feel like I've been able to... Be successful. Be successful. And then also, too, like, I understand, like, I want sell-throughs. I want my stuff to do well in mm -hmm. stores, you know, and knowing what what works in what store or what retailer. It, all the research helps. It's like doing your research, do your homework, know your product, know your market. And then execute your work. How do you do that? Is that just going out there and seeing it for yourself, or is it talking um, to people? No, uh, um, I mean, there's so many. I mean, from from blogs online, from actually just going in the store and, yeah. and looking it and feeling it, uh, getting a feel for things, talking to the buyers, seeing what's worked for them before, what uh, where they're uh, geared toward doing at the moment, and just just. Uh, Anything, anything. There's, there's. I mean, the internet is is at our fingertips now, and like, yeah. Even I would research anything. Like, even just being on 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 Tumblr and looking at certain uh, feeds and seeing what like 
new styles, new things that are coming out. Like mm -hmm. it's just uh, yeah, magazines like seeing what uh, you know what's working, what's, what's working. What's I think one thing that's different with James and his philosophy or perspective is like when we first started doing this shit, artists were all emotional about their work and pig-headed about it. Right. Didn't want to conform to what the client wanted. And they, they were super special for even being in the room with them instead of now it's more like it's inclusion versus exclusion. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the key. And I think, you know, I commend you guys for having, I mean, working with them has, has been always super easy because they're a good duo. It makes it, it's like when he gets there, I'm happy to see him because I dealt with all the hard shit with Justin, right? <laughs> instead of like he gets there, right. and I'm kind of like, exactly. damn. Fuck, you're here now. Like, yeah. I'm just kidding. It's never, I've never had a bad moment. But it's like back in the day, we were just, people were just pigheaded and emotional yeah. about what they were doing. So it was either their way or no way. And sure. then, like I said before, everyone loses, you know. But if you guys maintain that flexibility and that forward thinking process where it's like you got to make multiple people happy, yeah. you'll, you'll keep winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's important. I mean, it's important to, I mean, if, if, it, if it is going to hinder your, your artistic integrity or whatever it's important just to respectfully decline like just <laughs> say hey i don't think this is a good look or whatever me. or i'm yeah. not capable of doing this um i mean I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that either absolutely but have you ever can you remember any jobs that you were just like there's no way in hell i'm doing this I mean, usually, yeah, whenever that happens, usually it's kind of just out the window. No, but I'm point. saying, like, but, specifically, yeah. like, can you identify yeah, this I'm one thing yeah. that you were like, never will I do that? There's been some apparel gigs or, like, brands that, like, clothing companies that I know like who? work with you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stir it up a little though, bit. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've gotten approached by, like, uh, like Monster, but I can't do... That's exactly that, what came to my mind. Because I'm, I'm doing stuff like Red Bull. You right, know what I mean? Right. Sometimes the things that are, are conflicts, uh, conflict of interest. Sure. Something. But um, I mean, usually if I'm like, you know, I've been hit up by clothing brands that I'm like, maybe aren't that established or something that I don't feel like it'd be a good look. And I'll just, just be like, hey, man, I don't think this would work out or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, I can't think of anything off the top. I mean, there's so many brands that Dave have Hunt been for in it. Politician over here. There's so many brands like, like logistically where it's okay. Like, so hey, there's one brand. There's one brand that hit me up one time. It was like a Tilly's brand, and they're like, uh, it's called Fatal. Uh huh. Oh yeah. And it was pretty much a huge rip off of this other brand called uh, Rebel Eight. Oh yeah. It was all Mike Giants artwork. Yeah yeah. And they're like, man, this, the owner was like, man, dude, I really love your art, and the, and then the, and they're killing it in Tilly's, which is kind of fucked up because because of uh, Rebel Eight. And, right. and, uh, you passed. I was just like, yeah, I don't know, man. But I was like, what's up with, uh, with Mike Giant and that stuff? He was like, oh, you know, our designer guy, he's like, big fan of his. So he's like, inspired by it. I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know if that's that cool, man. Yeah. You're like, there's a fine line yeah. between inspired and, uh, you know, yeah, just duplication. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I guess something like that where I just didn't sure. It's all good. You got integrity, that's, man. I like good. to see that. That's why you, that's why we fuck with you because. But you gotta have integrity to be in our circle. So well, not all money's good money, right? But Absolutely. that's a really hard thing I've found as a business owner to to keep, you know, in the forefront of your mind and to live by. We had that conversation. Yeah. Oh, I have, I, first one. I have another Absolutely. one. I have another uh -oh. one. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um, so Hustler has a Hustler. The the um, oh, publication yeah. has a has like a clothing company yeah. as well. And I mean, this is like like six years ago or something and um 
they hit me up. I, I like freelanced and sold them some art and stuff like that. Some like like just sexy girls and things mm-hmm. like that. And uh, they like, I mean, the stuff was doing well for them. They pulled me into a meeting one day and they're like, hey, they offered me six figures to be like the art director. And I was just like, no. Well, see, keep it clean though. That goes back to me. Oh, this is dirty. <laughs> like, grandma wouldn't have been yeah, happy with that. She ran up in the office, you know, sweating everybody. <laughs> I remember sitting there because we had we were probably a year and a half, two years into working together, sitting in the meeting selling them freelance art, and they like threw that out there, and I'm just like, am I out of, am I out of a job right now? Like, am yeah, I no, no, wow. I thought yeah, you were right? counting commission. Yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I would have been doing. I would have been nudging them like, let's just do six months and bail. Well, no, on top of that, and they were like, well, and they were and, and they're like, and you can hire an assistant for like. uh another how how much right. like they're pretty much like yo we, we'll pay you whatever you want nice um i mean it's a good problem to have yeah and uh it's but it wasn't too. but right. it wasn't a good look for me and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. so no, it's, it's you know great. it could have easily and at the time you know i'm like shit you know like money's tight you know i'm like i, I was probably like 23 yeah 24 maybe yeah it's seven years ago. um and you know so i'm like i could have that that could have been you know big but it just i wouldn't have been happy i wouldn't have been happy it's not it wasn't a good look for me so yeah just i was like i, I think homie was like wait are you sure are you serious I was like, designing yeah. loop, I was like, designing loop you, packaging but... wasn't there the road for you <laughs> nah. so, that's great uh, yeah okay so, yeah, i guess yeah those are those are two examples nice yeah those are good all right i got a little lightning round before we uh <laughs> all right shut it down um uh, what's something you used to believe and then decided that you had been wrong? Uh, it's hard to spring these on people. <laughs> something I used to believe that... They get I, easier. I cool. Promise. Something I used to believe that I was... I feel that I was wrong, I guess. Um, I mean... All right, we can pass. All right, yeah, let's let's, let's, let's get move on. That's why we, we can it. go back to. I'll think about it. All right, if you think of something, um, is there a talent that you always wish you had more of? Um, yeah, you know what? I, I and I say this all the time. You know, I, I uh, you know, I like to draw. I like to illustrate. I, I think I'm fairly good at it, but I would like to still be better. So I still push myself to okay. do that to be a better painter, be yeah. more uh, well-rounded as as an illustrator. What about if you could choose a different career? Um, I mean, I said breakdance. I wish I could do that right? a lot more shit now. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of my friends who were breakdancing at the same time as me, you know, we grew up together. These guys travel the world doing, like, b-boy competitions, things like that. Yeah. So I thought, man, it's something that would have kept me in shape still and, like, things like that that I could still do simultaneously while doing artwork. and. For sure, yeah. So stuff like that, I don't know. I like to play football. Shit, uh-huh. I wish that uh, I was... Fucking pro. <laughs> I played fucking all, all through uh, my my uh, adolescence. And oh, right on. Yeah. What, so what's the next goal? What, what what are you still trying to accomplish? I would like to, uh, I mean, just to continue to travel uh, and, and just, you know, visit more more places, leave uh, leave art there to, for, for uh, you know, I, I've been, I've been fortunate enough to, to travel all through Europe, South America, a little bit of uh, China, nice. was in Morocco, throughout the States, and paint and, and do art. And um, so I would like to continue that. I would like yeah. to be able to still do that 
And then eventually, you know, I would really want to uh, start to focus on like more of the fine art stuff and put together like, a, you know, my best body of work mm. and and, and uh, team up with a, uh, a good gallery and, and really try to push the fine art side of, uh, of all this. Nice. What's your uh, favorite place you've traveled to? Favorite place I've traveled to, um, I have to say San Sebastian was one of them. Um, it's hard to pick, but uh, between like Morocco, San Sebastian, Berlin. I haven't been to any of those. <laughs> That's tough though. Yeah, Eddie, what's your favorite spot you've been to? We haven't talked about travel yet. Um, I don't know. St. Croix Virgin Islands, because I have a house there that I can just post up at, I think would probably be the place I would go if I had any choice at any moment. But I think Brazil was definitely mm. a, a wonderful experience as well. I enjoyed yeah, I love Brazil, Brazil a lot. I went to Bahia, so I'd like to get up north or down south, south. to, uh, to Rio. To, yeah. yeah. Nice. I've never been to Brazil, so I need to make more bomb, there, though. too. So Brazil's bomb. dope. I've been to Rio, bomb. but I haven't been up north yet. Yeah, so, so let's go. And we'll, we're going to trade we'll, notes. We'll, yeah, we'll switch. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it's super affordable. I yeah. mean, everyone's talking about how much the crime rate was up, and I didn't see any of that. I you know, like they were cool. We heard me. about it, but I didn't see it. Yeah. The only thing that freaked my wife out was like, after dark, the cabs don't stop at red lights because they're, like, <laughs> they're like, you'll get robbed. Yeah, no, at no, a red no. light, so they you just like they did just go, go for, down and roll. Did you through. go for carnival? No, we went for uh, we went in December. Yeah, I went for carnival. Oh yeah, that's and it was it was definitely interesting to see thousands and thousands of people in the street. I'm sure getting messed up yeah partying it was wild i want to go back but i want to do uh real yeah uh do you read books you know it's, it's a bad quality of no mine. no judgment it's just, it, <laughs> no but i no did judgment. i did I, I used to read a lot and it was like uh i mainly read a lot because uh, i was in that juvenile hall so i yeah. got hooked on certain books that when like I what's out, the, I wanted to, uh, what but it was like more stuff like uh I mean, in juvenile, I was like reading like fucking romance novels from like the 1800s and shit. Uh, okay. Now it all comes out. That's, that's why the beautiful Because, uh, like, I didn't have shit else to read. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't like you sure. had, like, I had a huge uh, selection or anything. Yeah, but it's uh, funny. You never, we never know what's going to impact us. <laughs> right, right, right. You know? you know, and then, uh, but then I would like, uh, like, like I said, I was like, I always like researching, um, like things on, on the mind, on the, the human body and the ability. So, yeah. I would read, uh, Read like more like uh, informative books like that. Like, like uh, what's yeah. one? I mean, like things like uh, Double Your Brain Power. Um, there was that was one book that was, cool. like, I read over and over again, and it was just like tricks on how to like better your memory, like yeah. things like uh, you know how to uh, like and using like intent and, and uh -huh. to like get things that you want. Nice. Like that. Uh, but uh, I'm big on like documentaries and things like that because like when I am illustrating or drawing i'll put on like a documentary or podcast on certain things like that like uh you know, like uh coast to coast uh and uh like with george nori and all those things uh -huh. where they talk about like uh like uh just like extraterrestrial stuff government conspiracy stuff things wow. like that like those are things that kind of just fuel my imagination and, sure uh so i like listening to stuff like that while i paint while i illustrate interesting do you collect anything No, not really. Not no. intentionally. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm not really collecting. Like, do you homies artwork? No, I mean, I really? guess... Not really. What do I collect? Nothing, not, evidently, nothing, you would nothing. know. I'm not a big collector, no. 
Yeah, I'm not That's really good. either. I, I used to be. Anything. Yeah, I'm like, I mean, shit, I'm, I'm, I was like, I like being like uh, pretty, like simple. I don't. Keep it lean. Bye. Yeah, keep it lean. Yeah. Travel light. It's good. Yeah. What, uh, if you had to guess, what movie do you think you've seen the most? Um, I've probably seen, uh, I'd say, like, uh, 2001's A Space Odyssey uh, quite a bit of times. It's, it's, That's definitely when you get lost yeah. in. Yeah, like, I know yeah. all the words to, like, uh, A Clockwork Orange okay. and things like that. But, yeah, probably those those, those two. So, see what else. Yeah, I'd say those are probably the top two most watched. I've seen. And uh, you have a favorite DJ? Or musician, favorite, favorite DJ or musician. musician um, let's see. What do you listen to when um, you paint? You know what? Uh, I listen to a lot of things. Depending if like I'm like in a mellow mood, I listen like more reggae. If mm -hmm. I'm like, uh, you know, feeling a little more hyped, some some hip hop, some trap. But um, now I'd say like one of my favorite artists uh, of all time would have to be Jacob Miller, which is a, a reggae artist out of uh, Jamaica and. Uh, died in like the mid 70s at like 27 mm. he was like touring with his with his band in brazil got in a car accident but jacob miller i mean he, wow, he has so many tracks so many bangers that like yeah i mean still to this day are just like so i mean still good great music oh, very few people ever come here with somebody that i'm that I don't know. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. He got you. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right. I feel like I've right. heard the name, but, right. I, but nah, I don't, I don't. I don't know either. Yeah, that's yeah. dope. I gotta go look that you shit do, up. Yeah, yeah. You guys look him up. You guys would be hyped. If you guys like reggae music, yeah, I yeah, love man, reggae. Music. I love reggae. I mean, sure. I'm pretty deep in, yeah. in, that, in that a little bit. Oh yeah, Eddie South by Southwest me. cannabis stage. It's gonna be all reggae. Hopefully, Jamaica. The government's gonna sponsor it. We're bringing out specialists. Is gonna bring out potentially spiritualists and some other artists. So maybe we'll put you in the budget and have a like dope backdrop for you. Nice. That's how business gets done. <laughs> on accident. <laughs> on accident. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. All right. Cool, cool. Well, dude, thanks for coming through, man. Yeah, both thank both you, of Josh. you appreciate yeah, all the wisdom. It's good stories, man. Yeah. Yeah, really cool. <laughs> Eddie, <laughs> Eddie delivers as always. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. I mean, look, I, I'm surprised I didn't think of Justin, I mean, James before because. You know, I try. But we're just getting balanced. started. Yeah, try to keep it balanced. Yeah. A little bit of everybody. You know, yeah, the, old, the old guys with gray beards. <laughs> guys with, with no beards. With dying pieces as girlfriends. That's what's up. Yo, that was James Hunt with some great stories. I hope you enjoyed them. Check out more of our artwork Rebels series at our website rebelradio.net or iTunes. Search for Rebel Radio. Make sure you find the right one. There's a few Rebel Radios out there, but we're the only one that counts, except for the others that also count. Hey, find us on Twitter or Facebook, and don't forget to check out our new YouTube channel. Search for Rebel Radio, and you'll find videos from some of our episodes. We're adding more and more content all the time, so make sure you check back there. And make sure you come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace.